When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest in sports news, fantasy analysis, and opinions. Don't forget the hot takes. Can't have a sports show without hot takes these days. What about hot cakes, though? Mm, I want some hot cakes. Now, here's your host, ready to jump into the thick of things, Dwayne Callender. Good evening and welcome to the show. I'll be honest, guys, not feeling the greatest, but, uh, you know, with it being Friday night, I at least want to get... A little bit of info, plus we got some college bowl games uh, with the beginning college bowl season to talk about, so let's get right down to it. Uh, you know, we've got uh, basically a two-game slate Saturday with the NFL. First game up, uh, we've got the Texans traveling to New York to play the Jets. You know, uh, truth be told... I don't really trust this Texans team. I still don't think Bill O'Brien's a good coach. You know, the media is going to keep saying what a great job he's doing. I really don't trust the guy. Uh, just being perfectly honest with the amount of talent he has, they should be better than what they are. Yes, I know they're 9-4. and four. Yes, I know they can actually uh, uh, be one of the front runners in the AFC. But at the same time... I could easily see this going sideways and them finding a way to lose this game, even though they're laying six and a half. Uh, you know, this is a very tempting spot to take the Jets plus six and a half. Uh, it's very tempting. I could easily see a situation with, um, I can easily see a situation where, uh, you know, the Jets make a run of it because Todd Bowles is trying to save his job. Uh, you know, Darnold's back, uh, which is still a better option than McCown. You know, again, you know, when you look at uh, some of the things that are going on with the Jets, I don't like the fact that they're missing. They're going to be missing Isaiah Corral, who just went on IR. So Elijah McGuire uh, is probably going to end up being a cheap play for DFS purposes on the two game slate. I haven't really checked out the prices at all. Um, not feeling great, but um, I figure McGuire is going to be a cheap play from a DFS standpoint. Uh, but the the long and short of it is that even though I think there's a tempting spot to take the Jets, I'm still going to take the Texans to cover the six and a half points. And the one reason being is DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Hopkins should have a monster day against Jets. There's no one that matches up against him. You know, Deshaun Watson, as long as he's healthy, can get the ball to Hopkins anytime he wants to, uh, for the most part. And there's no one on the Jets that I can see matching up against Hopkins that's going to make a lick of difference. Uh, so I, I, I look at this as a case where Hopkins should uh, should be able to do some damage uh quite easily against the Jets. If we're being honest with ourselves here, uh, the, the Texans have a better defense. They should be able to do some things 
to make uh, life uncomfortable for the Jets. Uh, you know, and just from an offensive standpoint, I just don't see the Jets being able to put up 24 points to beat the Texans. Uh, I just don't think that's in their arsenal. So, you know, it's not going to be a pretty game, I don't think. I, I think the Jets do make this one competitive. It's just that I, I just don't think that, you know, <clears throat> at the end of the day that um, uh, that the, uh, the Jets are going to find a way to make uh, make this one uh, make this one a chance where they can win it at the end. I, I just think that the Texans win this one by a touchdown. Uh, you know, I don't see them blowing out the Jets. This is like again, again. This is my thing with the Texans. I don't really trust them. I don't really trust their coach. They ha- they should be better than what they are. They really should. But this one's one of those dicey uh, uh, bets. So like, yeah, you can bet the Texans. I just wouldn't feel all that confident about uh, putting out more than ten bucks on the Texans uh, laying the six and a half. I, I just don't. So uh, in, in terms of DFS plays, uh, you know, as I said, Hopkins would be the play here. Uh, you know, especially on a two-game slate, like Hopkins is the only guy I see on the slate that's capable of realistically breaking the slate. Yes, technically. Philip Lindsay could do that. I'll, I'll get to Philip Lindsay as well. Uh, Philip Lindsay would be like the next best option to break the slate, uh, but uh, not not to the extent that DeAndre Hopkins can. I, I just think that Hopkins would, without question, be the number one guy to play uh, 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 in terms of uh, football tomorrow. Uh, Hopkins would be the guy. Um, <clears throat> Uh, on the Jets side, like I said, uh, McGuire, it would be a play uh, here. I'm looking at FanDuel. He's 5,700. DraftKings, I'm assuming he's uh, in the mid-4,000 uh, range. Um, you know, I'll, I'll have to double-check. But uh, I I look at McGuire as a play there. You know, maybe Robbie Anderson, although... I feel like I'm going to have to like deliberate on what I want to do with uh, Jets players because I don't really trust any of them uh, except for Herndon for having at least a low floor. Uh, nothing crazy, but uh, you know, a solid low floor for Herndon uh, would be an option there from a DFS standpoint. Uh, so let's move on. Um, uh, we got the nightcap with uh, the Broncos hosting uh, the Browns and you know, heaven help me, but Cleveland to me is the play here. Even though the line could be plus three and a half, plus two and a half, I, I like the Browns to win this one outright. I can't believe I'm saying this uh, that I'm picking the Browns to win a game outright. But uh, here's the thing: I truly think that you know the Broncos have one of the worst quarterback coaching situations in the league by far. Uh, you know, Vance Joseph should be fired at the end of the season. Uh, I, I really have nothing nice to say about Vance Joseph at all in terms of his coaching. I don't think he, I don't think his teams look all that well prepared. Uh, and Case Keenum, the less said, the better uh, in terms of quarterbacking. Uh, you, you know, he is what you would call the shot in the dark. You hope that somehow some of his wide receivers fall in the end zone, but he's not throwing people open you know he's not making good decisions at least in my opinion with the football more often than not 
I think he checks down a little bit too often. And then even when he does try to push the envelope, uh, he's just not doing it in a smart way uh, and puts the ball in reckless positions. I I mean, I just don't like the Broncos. The only guy I like on the Broncos, uh, outside of their defense, of course, with Von Miller, is Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay can run uh, between the tackles. He's leading the NFL in yards per attempt. Uh, you know, this Browns defense is not very good against run. So, yes, I can see Philip Lindsay putting up a buck 20 and two touchdowns. Uh, so, th- that's why I said, like, he's the only other person I see has slate breaking potential. Uh, but uh, this is a. Uh, this is not uh, one where I, I kind of look at this as uh, a case where, you know, I could see this one definitely being low scoring. You know, people are expecting the Jets game to be low scoring with Houston. But I could also see this uh, Broncos game being low scoring just because I don't like the Broncos offense. And I think that, um, y- you know, it, it's it, it's, a, it's a case where, the Broncos' defense uh, should be able to slow down Baker Mayfield. So I'm not, I'm I'm not, <clears throat> I'm I'm not huge on the Browns' receivers. Uh, you know, Njoku could potentially be an option for DFS purposes, but uh, you know, I, I'm not necessarily sold on that. Uh, it, it, to me, this this game kind of screams a running back game between Chubb. And Lindsey, I kind of like those guys better than the quarterback situation. So, uh, but as it stands, I still think that when a quarterback's going to have to make a play late in the game to win it, I would trust Baker Mayfield over Case Keenum, hands down. There's not a question in my mind. I'll I'll take the rookie over Case Keenum because I know exactly what I got in Case Keenum, a guy who can't win big games. Uh, But, you know, I mean, the, the long and short of it is that uh, this is uh, this is a play for uh, this is a play for the Browns, in my opinion. Uh, just as a road dog, uh, I, I kind of like <coughs> the the spot here for the Browns, just from the standpoint of not really sold on the coach or the quarterback combo for Denver. I would put more trust in Baker Mayfield finding a way to win this game late, uh, you know, as the underdog. I, I, you know, I just can't see, uh, well, I I should say I can't see the Broncos winning it. I can't see the Broncos offense winning it. Uh, I can see their defense figure out a way of getting a W, but I, I just think that in terms of their offense, you know, if they could, if the Browns somehow limit Philip Lindsay, I just think it's a long night for the Broncos in general moving the football. So uh, I, I look for the Browns to actually win this game outright. Uh, I, I do look for Lindsay as a fantasy option along with Nick Chubb, and then you know, I don't think Baker Mayfield's going to have a huge day. Uh, I really don't. I, you know, I'm just trying to think in terms of wide receivers who you have to look out for and. You know, I'm thinking of the likes of an Antonio Callaway. Uh, I think that's probably the play. I know Jarvis Landry had the big week last week, but uh, he's been disappointing throughout the season. So I, I think uh, Law of Averages still predicts that, you know, Landry's going to come back down to earth again uh, this week based off of uh, what's been uh, going on throughout the regular season uh, for him. So 
Uh, I just don't see uh, Cleveland kicking up the offense a notch. Uh, you know, even though I think that they'll cover and probably win outright, I, I just don't see it being a case where they blow the doors off of uh, Denver. So uh, that's where I kind of am with the NFL games. Uh, let's talk a little bit about um, college football. Just from the standpoint of <coughs> um, some of these early bowl games, which, you know, not for nothing, they're, they're, they're not going to be the most awe-inspiring games. I get that, certainly. But, you know, it's it's something to keep in mind. You know, it is a, like a little distraction. So, uh, basically, we've got the uh, Celebration Bowl. <laughs> uh, love these bowl names that, that they come up with. It's always entertaining. Uh, but, yeah, so we have the Celebration Bowl uh, to start things off with for uh, college football. Uh, so, we got uh, North Carolina A&T versus Alcorn State. I'm not going to pretend to be this massive uh, expert on these two squads. Uh, A&T the entire way through. Uh, the confidence pool picks have been leaning towards A&T, not to Alcorn State. Uh, so I, I just say that, you know, it just makes more sense. You know, you, you, t- you go with where the odds are going. Like, uh, you know, yes, the sharp money it might come in late on Alcorn State, although I really don't see it happening just because of how small this bowl is. So uh, I, I say just take A&T and call it a day. Uh, moving on, we got the Cure Auto Bowl. Uh, Cure Auto Insurance, of course. Um, got Tulane versus Louisiana. Um, Lafayette. Uh, Tulane, uh, this is uh, their first bowl appearance uh in a couple of years, uh, they're also favored by three and a half points. Uh, I, I kind of look at Tulane here, you know, it's, it's not really much of a contest between these two squads. I mean, I, I'd say, you know, in terms of conference uh, uh, pulls, uh, you know, they're around the same. Uh, Tulane's a slight, uh, like I said, is a slight favorite at three and a half points. I would say take Tulane here. Uh, they do have a slightly better squad offensively. So I think that makes the most sense. Uh, but this, uh, this should figure to be a relatively close game. So I could see it going either way. I wouldn't bet this one, but if you got pick and pulls, um, I would say take two lane moving on. We got the new, the new Mexico bowl, uh, North Texas versus Utah state. Uh, I, I like Utah state big in this one. Uh, this would be one of the higher picks in confidence points. Uh, if you're doing those confidence pulls on ESPN, uh, I, I, I'd say definitely favor uh, Utah State. Uh, I mean, uh, Utah State, uh, their coach uh, has moved on to, uh, I, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he moved on to the uh, Texas Tech job, if I, if I have that right. Uh, it's kind of hard to keep some of these college coaches in mind, but... Uh, basically the Aggies are the clear-cut better team here. Um, but uh, I, I would say um, that take Utah State here. Uh, this isn't really one of those cases where I'm that worried about uh, the head coach moving on uh, just because it's a it's a overall stronger squad uh, than this North Texas squad, which is pretty much uh, kind of one of those happy to be there 
teams uh, based off of winning their uh, conference uh, title game. So I would say take Utah State here. Uh, this should be one of the more decisive games. Uh, moving on, we got the Las Vegas Bowl uh, between Fresno State and Arizona State. Listen, for those of you who've been listening to the podcast, you know I've been pretty much dismissive of Herm Edwards coming back to coach uh, Arizona State. Uh, you know, uh, oh, wait, uh, should I put in the sponsors? Uh, you know, uh, uh, the the uh, Arizona State, Fresno State game sponsored by Mitsubishi Motors. Las Vegas Bowl, uh, gotta love, um, gotta love, uh, gotta love it. There's a dollar, there's a dollar general bowl coming up later on in the week too, but, um, oh man. Uh, anyway, getting back to my point, man, it just gets getting t- harder to talk. Um, yeah, basically, uh, I, I look at this uh, Arizona State, and Nikhil Harry is not going to be playing. Uh, I'm not even sure if uh, you know Benjamin's playing for Arizona State uh, in this one. Uh, he might play, but um, you know Benjamin that is. But Nikhil Harry definitely is holding out for uh, the NFL draft to prep for it, uh, which is a, a recurring trend. We're seeing a lot of. Uh, guys holding out from these bowl games uh and uh you know good for them I, I honestly these a lot of these bowl games do not matter um but with that being said i like fresno state to take care of business against arizona state um this uh, with reasonable confidence I, i'd say you know you can range this in terms of confidence points anywhere from 15 to 20 points uh, i i have no problems uh, doing any of those uh i i just think that this is a case where um yeah, you can, you can, uh, I feel confident about Fresno State taking care of business against Arizona State. Uh, even though uh, Arizona State's come from the bigger conference into Pac-12, obviously, um, Fresno State uh, can match up with these guys. Uh, I have no doubt in my mind about that. Uh, next up is the Camellia Bowl. Uh, no goofy, uh, no, no go- real goofy name uh, sponsoring this one. Um, uh, it's just Raycom Media. Uh, I mean, not goofy enough, really, uh, to make fun of. But um, uh, basically, you got Georgia Southern playing Eastern Michigan. Uh, you know, two smaller schools. Georgia Southern's a slight favorite, but honestly, I think this is one of those games where if people really knew the matchups between the squads, I think Georgia Southern should be a slightly larger favorite than this. So I got to take Georgia Southern. I think they probably win by you know anywhere from four to uh, four to seven points. Uh, right now they're just kind of a pick 'em favorite. So I'll take the I'll I'll actually bet on this one. I'll I'll take Georgia Southern over Eastern Michigan. Um, moving on to the nightcap, you've got um, Middle Tennessee versus Appalachian State. This is a uh, one where. Uh, Appalachian State, their head coach is already moved on uh, to another job. Uh, you know, App State. This uh, to me, this is a uh, uh, this is a case where App State is superior squad to Middle Tennessee. Uh, this is a, a no brainer in my opinion for the New Orleans Bowl. I got to take App State. I think they win big. Um, 
Middle Tennessee got beat by UAB in the Conference USA game, but you know they're 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 solid enough squad. It, it, it's it's not like I hate Middle Tennessee State. It's just App State's uh, is a team that's actually moving on up in terms of profile, uh, getting established as a D one school. Uh, and Middle Tennessee is a couple of years away from that. I, I still say that this is um, this is one where you know App State should take care of business, and um, that's the way I kind of look at it. Uh, I, I don't see I, I don't see Middle Tennessee hanging with App State on this one. So Appalachian State takes care of business. All right. So before I lose the rest of my voice. Um, one other news bit I want to talk about in the NBA here, because this is breaking and this is without question the dumbest thing I've seen, um, in quite some time, uh, a three team trade between the Phoenix Suns, the Memphis Grizzlies and the Washington Wizards that has been talked about the entire night is now off and, I don't know if this is because of the Wizards being incompetent or the Suns being incompetent. Probably a mixture of both. But this deal would have sent Trevor Ariza, uh, who who just signed with the Suns, by the way. Trevor Ariza is not actually clear to be traded until Monday, by the way. Like, the fact that this trade leaked early, it should be investigated, first of all. Like, you shouldn't be leaking trades when guys are not actually clear to be traded yet because he just signed a deal. So technically the deadline would have been for Monday because you have to wait a certain number of days minimum uh, into the season before you can actually trade someone. Houston has been trying to get a reason back uh, for some time now, but you know they don't really have the assets. Again, not realizing how bad their defense is going to be. Um, but be that as it may... The crux of this deal was, uh, basically, Memphis would be getting Kelly Oubre Jr. Uh, from Washington. Uh, Phoenix, I mean, would be sending Ariza to uh, Washington. And in return, uh, and this is where things get a little hairy, uh, Phoenix was supposed to be receiving a couple of guys but the crux of the problem is Phoenix thought they were receiving Dylan Brooks and Memphis was offering up Marshawn Brooks. What, pray tell, are you getting at, Dwayne? Yes, Phoenix somehow thought they were getting the other Brooks in a deal, not, uh, not realizing that there are two Brooks on the same Memphis squad. So, I kid you not, we have a situation where an NBA trade falls apart because one, if not two NBA teams, failed to realize that there were two guys with the same last name and screwed up the trade details as part of the transaction. Was it Phoenix who screwed this up? Or was it Washington who screwed this up? The early reports is that Memphis is livid because Memphis told Washington because they didn't deal directly with Phoenix in this three-team trade. They were using Washington as the intermediary that 
they told them that Marshawn Brooks, and believe me, Marshawn Brooks and Dylan Brooks, pretty much the same guy. It's just that Marshawn Brooks is seven years older. Dylan Brooks uh, is in his second year in the league. Pretty much is what he is. I don't think there's a a whole lot of upside Dylan Brooks. But I I get where uh, Memphis is coming from. But anyway, Memphis is maintaining firmly and adamantly. And I kind of trust Memphis in this one because out of the dysfunctional franchises, Memphis is certainly not on that list. Washington and Phoenix, entirely different matter. So, um, basically, uh, you know, this is a, a case where um, I I have to say that I've never heard of a trade being botched because guys didn't actually know who was being included in the deal. Uh, you know, even even basic basic research by an intern would be able to tell you that there are two guys named Brooks. The fact that this wasn't fleshed out in advance, I kind of believe Memphis uh, on this one because, again, given the teams involved being Washington and Phoenix, I could easily see Washington being lazy enough to say Brooks, and I could see Phoenix being dumb enough to say, oh, and assume that it was Dylan Brooks that they were getting and not doing the research. Wouldn't shock me in the slightest. We're going to hear more about this uh, in the next couple of days, but, I I mean, it's the height of incompetence. And this is why the NBA is so screwed up, because some of these teams are so dumb that I I can't even say anything nice about them. They can't even get basic run-of-the-mill deals correct like this. I I, I honestly, there's nothing else I could say about this uh, that would even remotely be positive. Like, somehow, NBA teams are worth a billion dollars, and yet we've got guys who wouldn't even be qualified to run your local bingo halls in charge of some of these front office deals. It boggles the mind. Anyway, I'm signing off here because... I'm clearly not feeling great, but um, uh, just because I'm starting to doubt my viability for Saturday and getting some picks across, uh, I'll, I'll just read off some of my picks that I like to take for the NFL games this weekend. All right, so one of my locks is if you got it early, uh, you know, good for you. Uh, this line has moved a little bit. Um, I'm taking the points with Tennessee, uh, Tennessee traveling to play the Giants. The Giants are not very good, so I'm taking Tennessee. Uh, it's, it's plus one now. It was plus two and a half earlier. Tennessee's winning this game outright, so I'm taking Tennessee. Um, moving on, uh, Chicago minus five and a half, uh, hosting, hosting Green Bay, uh, the Bears are a better team than Green Bay. They're going to take care of business. So I would take Chicago for sure there. Uh, Seattle, minus five and a half. Uh, that's that's a definite lock there. And, uh, you know, New England, even though they're on the road at Pittsburgh, 
they just have the Steelers number, in my opinion. I'm taking New England as the favorite. Minus one and a half. Uh, uh, I mean, the line may shift with late money on the Steelers, but I, I'm still taking New England outright to win that game. And then the Rams game, I don't care what anyone tries to sell you on Nick Foles coming back to save the day for the Eagles with Carson Wentz being out with the back injury. Um, uh, cause, uh, the report is that Carson Wentz is missing the rest of this year with a fractured back. I am taking the Rams. Uh, I don't care if the line's up to minus 12. I'm taking the Rams because again, uh, as much as I want to say the line could end up becoming too big, the Rams got embarrassed Last time they were on, on national TV, they are going to do this in the get-right spot. Uh, you know, they got shut down by the Bears. They're coming back with a vengeance. This is a weak Eagles team that's on the ropes, basically. They could say all they want about how much they want to defend the title. I don't see any passion in this squad. I don't see them rallying around Nick Foles. I see them going down hard, and I don't think this is going to be pretty. I think the Rams smoked the Eagles. <coughs> on Sunday Night Football. Anyway, <coughs> excuse me. That's going to do it for the show tonight. Oh, oh man. I'm going to go to bed. Um, hopefully, I get another episode out this uh, this weekend because uh, I do not feel great right now. But uh, that's going to do it for the show. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, oh, and. Uh, again, in case I don't get the DFS lineups out, Zeke and Saquon Bark. Uh, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, got to play him. Joe Mixon against the Raiders, must play as well. Uh, load up on the running backs. Everything else is kind of a toss-up uh, this weekend for Sunday. But get your running backs in, folks, because this is a running back weekend for, uh, for Sunday. Just saying. Uh, get them ready. Anyway. I'm going to bed. Hopefully I'll talk to you later this weekend. Later.